Hello and welcome, Patreon, to another one of our solo sessions here for Vegas by Night, Mayday Roleplays, a Vampire the Masquerade playthrough that we've been going through. These are the sort of origin sessions that we've set up for each of our characters that are playing through the current campaign on our Twitch channel. We wanted to give uh, more light onto who these people are and what they've been through before they arrived in Vegas. And of course, after some harrowing experiences in the actual game, uh, we wanted to show off Niles and prove that uh, this is not the first time that they've been in a situation that is uh, harrowing to their existence. So uh, uh, Eli, thank you so much for being here. I, I hope you're excited to, to hurt some more. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's, it's my dream. To, <laughs> to keep, just keep uh, keep on giving. <laughs> good, good. And uh, Niles and I, you, you know, together we have so much more to give. Yes. Uh, <laughs> somehow this isn't even the beginning, it's the past. So there's so much more to come. It's just the start. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get started here. I'm going to give a few moments of very spooky ambiance so that I can get myself in the mood here. Feel free to join me here, Eli. Eli, it's very important. The vibes. Okay. Spooky. Niles, you have always been on the run. I think you know this. That voice inside your chest knows this. And everyone chasing you down has known it from the second that you left. The past is something that never truly forgives. It never leaves. People like to assume that you can outrun it, that the present and the future can mean more than it, but no one seems to understand that everything becomes it. And no one has an awareness of that better than you at this moment as you are flying down Interstate 95 south into Las Vegas um, from the the west into uh, uh, Nevada, and you have been on this trail for what feels like forever, and for a time you felt as though you might have skirted your betrayers, your chasers, your intruders, whatever you'd like to refer to them as. That is until two days ago. You became acutely aware that However they did it, they seem to have caught up. And since then, you have been driving like there is nothing left on your body for the last two days, hoping against hope that these people do not catch up. The issue here on Interstate 95 is that you are right now a few paces in front of three very important people from your past. People who have been sent by a very important man man that you've become very accustomed with that we won't share here but you know exactly who he is Niles and you know what he's capable of they are uh, riding motorcycles just a few paces behind you these huge handlebarred metal beasts that are chasing you down and you can hear the rip of their engines with every swerve around the cars throughout this uh, this highway uh, in front of you you feel as though you are on the edge of your uh, limits here you have been driving without any sort of stop for close to two days now and you can feel that that uh, gas gauge is reading empty very soon. I, I mean, it's maybe got a few miles left in it. 
but you need it to outlast the three people chasing you now. Let's start off by telling us exactly what Niles is driving, how Niles has been traveling, what Niles looks like at this point in the journey. What are they experiencing uh, in these last few days? Let's get an overview before we see you escape these three Cretans. So Niles currently... um pronouns for Niles is uh, any and all. Um, Niles is currently on an older school, like bomber style uh, uh, motorcycle. Um, It's low. uh, It's not like a sports bike, but it's low and she's kind of crouched over it trying to just keep going. Um, They're wearing like this long like flannel like coat that's just flapping on the back of the wind. They're kind of wearing uh, like dark black pants that are ripped up, boots, um, not really dressed for like appropriately for being on a bike and stuff like that. Um, they do have a helmet on, um, but uh, at the where the end of the helmet is around the neck is just like long dark hair that's just kind of flapping along the wind. Um, and Niles is just head forward, you know, just keeping her uh, her eyes on the road and is just trying to get as far as they can they don't want to engage if they don't have to um but if they if they must they must but uh, only until they've reached the back where they their back is up against the wall that's only when they're going to stop yeah you you can see this beautiful uh backdrop of vegas and if it was any other time this would be the most uh, gorgeous sight in the world is this is the the haven of people on the run and for Niles this is the closest you get to an exit but with them at your back you can't enjoy this view Um, it is uh, probably early in the evening you've probably only uh, been on the road uh, for this night for a couple of hours we'll say close to 10 p.m. Um, but the lights are in full display the neon is is blinding across the landscape Um, we uh, we have to talk about what's most important in this situation, and that, of course, is your famulus spoons. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about spoons? Where is spoons in this situation as we're flying down the interstate? Um, spoons is at, uh, spoons is uh, trying to keep up with me. It, I'm going as fast as I can. Surprisingly, they're keeping pace, but they're keeping an eye ahead because I need to know if there's anything worth seeing ahead of me that I'm not paying attention to because I'm very focused on on right. on what the task is at hand. Um, Spoons is a very large like raven that has a nice little ring of uh, white around the, its collar. Um, he's uh, smaller than most ravens, but you know, he's he's uh, he's my buddy. He's my best friend. Right. <laughs> this beautiful Corvid who has been with you for as long as you have been dead um, is always kept your back and and this is no exception the relationship of Famulus to its uh, to its master to its uh, kindred is really unique in that you can feel spoons's thoughts before they even truly manifest and you don't even need the caw of that raven to fully understand as he almost uh, interprets lefts and rights for you as you're dipping and 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 driving around drifting through these cars uh and it is this instinctual symbiotic uh view at times you can almost feel this preternatural 
bird's eye, like you can be up there with spoons if you truly wanted to be, right? Uh, and it only helps with that navigation of the traffic. Um, you, uh, how, how do you think that Niles came upon this bike? What, what is it that came before this moment? Uh, I think it was a, a panic grab somewhere at a bar, somewhere along the, the road. I needed to get something faster than jumping on buses or trying to, to hitch rides across the way. I needed something that was going to guarantee me some movement. Right. Um, so I jacked it for right. sure. Out of the corner of your eye, you uh, you spotted someone you couldn't tell whether they were them or if they were just norm- a normal person off the street, and it just made sense to grab something and go, and, and suddenly you were on the road. To your surprise, strapped into one of the saddlebags up by the front of the v- this, this old vintage uh, chopper is uh, a sawn-off shotgun that has been uh, sort of illegally filed down at the sides. It's this perfect little... Um, twin fire it looks like an old uh shoddy you know uh two slugs into the chamber and you blow out your cousin in the black uh, in the backwoods right mm-hmm. um but it's perfect for this sort of writing if they t- care to get close what sort of driving is niles doing is you can feel one of the uh the drivers push forward and around these uh you know uh, uh soccer mom suvs to get closer to you you know that they're trying to gain on you you know that they're a few seconds away from uh from joining you neck to neck mm-hmm. is it a defensive drive are you priming that gun are you watching for spoons and taking an alternative route what is in niles's head as you are whipping through these cars i'm not ready to use the shotgun just yet i think you know um i'd like to say that the shotgun is also uh, his shotgun that i jacked i made sure to take it from him on the way out just in case i never made it out the door right. um but uh yeah no i i'm looking to try to like get in between like a truck and a car like somewhere where i can kind of weave in there before they get like pinched off trying to trying to get use cars as my advantage to like deflect them um, I love that before I start getting aggressive perfect so you're sort of trying to create these pincer points where the cars sort of jet together and you freak out these two civilians into coming together and hoping to god that it skids them off the road or at least mm-hmm. keeps them back um, let's go ahead and make a roll. Let me pull up uh, the character sheet right here so that we can know what we're rolling for. Um, if anyone is ever curious, whenever I need to reference what skills we're looking at, it's Enoch's sheet. And every time I get in here, I go, what the hell is this shit? Uh, <laughs> Aaron is crazy when he builds characters. And some of the things he's written on this page is insane. Oh. Um, so... Uh, for you, this is a, a hugely intelligent move. I think that Niles knows the road pretty well, and even better, mm-hmm. Niles is this natural runner. Niles has been chased for so much of their their dead life, and then even before that, he has become aware of how best to mock a predator in this way. Um, let's make this wits and drive, which pretty sure we've got a pretty dreadful drive so let's hope we're witty <laughs> a little witty <laughs> got a couple jokes yeah <laughs> remember if you need willpower uh, it's a long drive but I'm sure you can take it I, I, got, I got a little willpower I got one success um, but I'm gonna roll I'm gonna sacrifice a willpower 
Okay. On this one. With that willpower, you can roll up to three dice on that roll. Okay. Okay, two successes now. Two successes is great. Uh, With their dice pool of three, they only managed one. So uh, you, you absolutely, you trick between these two SUVs and they pull together um, just in time enough to sort of wedge one of those uh, motorcycles in between. And uh, he skids to a halt for a moment, not falling off. They're they're pretty competent bikers, but it slowed him down considerably as his two friends whip around the top um, and the cars behind him start to, uh, you know, pull to a full stop as he's skidding off uh, into a break on the on the ninety five. Uh, you've you've pulled considerably ahead. There are two more in pursuit, but you've definitely stalled the first. Okay. Thoughts yeah. here? What's the move? I want to capitalize on this and try to get go just go f- as fast as I can on this bike and see if I can outrun him at this point because I got the first guy out. I love that. Let's get a dexterity plus drive to see just how far that that pedal can push down, right? Uh, or, or or rev up. Um, you're going blazingly fast at this point. I think you're pushing 100, 110, maybe 115. You can see the, the, the meter start to tick up and up as you can see that gas gauge go lower and lower. Spoons is helping you here. I want you to take an extra dice pool because he's helping you push in between these cars. It's it's this built-in Raven GPS as you can feel that blood surge in your body drifting you left and right at the perfect moment. Three successes. Three successes. Thank you, absolutely, spoons. you pull away. Um, spoons is absolutely playing uh, playing the companion here, and you manage to get maybe four, five, six car lengths in front of the other two. And the first, of course, is even farther behind after your pincer maneuver. Um, you're starting to hear the sputter of this bike um, and you're feeling that you have you've maybe run to the end of your rope mm-hmm. and I uh, this is not a place to to die out um, this road right here could mean the death of you if you mm-hmm. are going 115 miles per hour and hit a sudden break from lack of gas mm-hmm. um, you gotta you need an exit soon yeah uh, I just kind of look up to see if Spoons can know an exit or see like a path or somewhere that might be able to be where I can exit off this road. I love that. Let's get uh, intelligence plus your animalism dots. Two successes. Two successes is great. Uh, Spoons actually gives you an option here. Um uh, in the back of your mind, he he uh, peers through, and in that bird's eye preternatural sense, you can sort of feel him looking at the lead of the um, uh, of the bikers, the ones closest to you, and you can feel he's almost sensing that you could jump from yours to his if you need an extra extra bike, leave the one behind. But there's also this sort of. Um, Think like uh, like your vision almost heeds over and, and you zoom in tunnel vision uh, like you can only focus on one thing. This dirt path that cuts off uh, through the desert and back 
through these um, these like layered switchbacks that are part of the Red Rocks uh, uh, nas- National Forest or National Desert right there off to the side of where you're driving through. Uh, and you can see that this almost looks like an auxiliary trail to somewhere or, or maybe it's like government work that they keep to make sure that they can drive through the desert and get through to like ranger stations or anything like that. But it definitely looks like an ingrown road that you could pull off of if you were fast enough to pull off the interstate. Would I know? Here. Would I know if I was far enough ahead that if I were to take that second choice, that no one would see me take it? Hmm. Let's do this. Give me an insight and. Insight and resolve. You're, you're having trouble thinking this quick. You're in full predator mode. That voice in the back of your head is screaming for you to run. And this is you dialing in to think and trust that gangrel gut. Two successes. Two successes, absolutely. You feel that if this is done correctly, if you peel off in just the right way, you just might squeak out some, uh, some distraction and get away scot-free. And that's what I want to do because the goal is just to get away from them. I don't want to. I don't want to fight if I don't have to because I have no idea right. if I can win. I, I think that's always been the case with these guys too. It, it has always been about engagement for them, and mm-hmm. you found every time you played into that hand, it punished you, and he punished you, and they punished you, and that life for you, Niles, was all just feeding into a part of you that was never true, right? But this. Yeah feels true peeling off to the side go ahead and give me a dexterity plus uh, stealth uh do i get to add my advantage to with kindred to it or is it a without um do you have a stealth you have uh an advantage with kindred there yes yeah absolutely give it to me beautiful that gives me a very Oh, I can hear it already. That's a, a good happy pool. pool. <laughs> That's four successes. Four successes. Wow. Okay. Determining factor. We're going to have them roll. Uh, really, the the only two that uh, can participate here that are even close enough to really register that you're doing anything are those two that you uh, left over after the pincer. So let's see if they can pick up. Odds are they cannot beat that pool. Okay. What does this look like as Niles pulls off the side of the road and, and beelines for that auxiliary road? I think there's like a giant like logging truck or something like that. Something that's got a little bit of a height to it, enough for a bike to get under. Right. Um, and I think Niles is just going to time it just right as they approach that auxiliary path to just slide underneath it so that all they see is the truck pass by and then the bike is just gone. There is this huge horn as the logging uh, vehicle beeps off at this uh, bike as it's pulling across and hitting like 115 miles per hour to catch up with you. But you are already underneath as the skid of this uh, vintage chopper is kicking up sparks along 95 as you slide off and into the dirt and you can feel yourself. It almost for a moment feels like the bike is about to tip and you're you're about to roll out with it. Um, But you just barely 
wrench it back up and you can feel yourself hitting dirt and the the hops of the the dunes underneath or the flatlands underneath are are giving you enough credence to go and you can see those two whip off into the distance Mm -hmm. it looks like for now you have made away from your uh pursuers there is this auxiliary road that goes on for a while and you can feel through uh, uh, Spoons' uh, wonderful scouting that it actually sort of feeds into the Red Rocks before you, you'd ever get to Vegas. It's still quite a while from Vegas, but um, Spoons is sort of uh, navigating that, that area and it looks like it uh, g- gathers some verticality that you you can see here where it sort of winds in and back uh, up into these um, Red Rock Mountains. Mm -hmm. What's the plan? How far can I go? How much much gas do I have in my tank is really really the factor here. (laughs) That is the factor. I'll give you that. It's a difficult thing to know, you know? We've all driven on E and we've all gone, come on, you can make it, you can make it, you can make it. Um, uh, and whether that's in the car or in life, who knows? Uh, let's go with um, intelligence and drive. Let's see how well you know your bike. You know, the bike that you own legally. That's a f- that's a, a failure. It's no successes. Oh, uh, yeah. You think you could probably go for a while here? I'm going to keep pressing as far as I can, just try to get on this road until I can either get back on a highway or something, or (laughs) I have no idea where I'm at. (laughs) Right. Okay. Uh, And are you peeling up through the verticality, through these little switchbacks that make up into the mountains and the red rocks, or are you going off to the side towards the flatlands, driving straight off-road into Vegas? How much time do I have? Before uh, sunrise? Sunrise. Like, how much, how long had I been running on the highway before? It's probably about 10.45, so you got quite the night ahead of you. you. You've been awake for maybe two hours, and you can make it until about five. You know that it's a little dangerous out here, but you also know it's a farther distance into Vegas than it is to uh, find somewhere in the Red Rocks to stay. So uh, the Red Box is a shorter distance. Yes, shorter distance, maybe a little more dangerous. You don't. There's no guarantee to the Red Rock. Vegas yeah. is a beautiful, shining neon guarantee, but God knows if you'll make it. I think. And with that lovely drive roll, there's no telling. Yeah, I think because I'm more used to like rural areas and stuff like that, I'm gonna head towards the Red Rocks because I can at least find shelter if I need to, if I run out of time or get lost. The beast is pleased with you, Niles. It it speaks back to you. Yes, good. You were made for this. These are your places. You find a place with a roof, a shelter. You put yourself inside and you wait. You wait and you survive and you get better. And you start peeling off through that verticality. Yeah, that's what's driving me right now. Right. Um, go ahead and roll me a wits and awareness as in my mind, you make it about another 10 minutes without losing out on gas. 
and you're just about to enter into these switchbacks where the large mountain rocks, these red rocks are blocking you from 95, where you have mm-hmm. sort of this limited visibility as you're pulling up into these wide turns with the, the bike behind, but wits and awareness. One success. I see. One success is enough to know. It's enough mm-hmm. to hear. It's enough to see. There's a single headlight pulled off onto the side of those flatlands, making for the same as you. Um, the bike uh, that is following you does not look like it's in good condition. In fact, it looks about as beat up as yours, like maybe someone caused a, a pile up and then a traffic stop that slowed him down a little. <laughs> but there is absolutely a headlight that is beaming through the distance there, chasing you. So it is a, a dot in the distance there, and you're just starting to push up to this top of the switchback. You can see and hear that engine following. It is inevitable that uh, this should happen. Niles, it always feels like every time you get a few inches, you stop and you see that they're still coming. How far do you have to go? How far you have to breathe like this panicked and quick before you decide you deserve rest and you can see that shotgun Uh, on the sides uh, marked along the the wood grain are little X's and you know what those X's mean you remember him describing to you that these were conquests that these were wins that this was success that every single time he took a life or more importantly took a kindred he left that mark to remind himself of what truly makes might and that thought connected with this bastard this piece of shit this last little thing stopping you from a life where you could get away just some thoughts I want to find a bend in the road where you can't see around it and I just want to stop the bike in the middle of the road because I feel like I have a little bit of time before he he gets there you absolutely do and Niles is going to take the helmet off and like shake out her long hair and Niles like has like these very deep green set eyes um and Niles is just going to finally pull out the shotgun crack it and just wait there till they make it around the bend and then they're gonna pop off a shot you are the warrior in the center calling for the duel you whip that helmet off and you can feel the Vegas winds pulling through and pushing your hair off in that other direction and those emerald eyes are shining underneath the moonlight in the center and you've made this decision for yourself as as you pulled out and hit that kickstand and stood in the center and flipped out that that, uh, slug gauge and packed it full of uh, a buckshot and prepared yourself for what's coming around the bend Um, it's only a matter of time, but in the time that you were waiting, you notice that off the corner of your eye is this, um, estate, uh, of sorts. Uh, uh, there's some sort of architecture here built up into the rock itself. Um, you were looking for an area that sort of blocks off view, and this absolutely does. If anyone were to bend around the switchback, they'd only see you, and they'd have no way of seeing it from down there on, on the bottom. But it also seems to be natural cover for what is essentially like an old um, mansion. 
Um, it is reminiscent of architecture like the old Mormon Ford of Las Vegas. It's this sort of stucco, uh, uh, dated, maybe uh, close to 60 years in the past, maybe 80 years in the past. And it's immaculate. It's, it's well tended to. It's a big estate, uh, walled off and gated. Um, and it looks as though uh, there has been s- small structural damage to the main estate through, like, a- a- as though something has collapsed through the roof itself. Um, but that is the backdrop to your stance here, is, as you can sort of see this monolith out in the desert waiting for you, but more importantly, you waiting for him coming up the way. Is there any change to the plan as you become aware of, of this bizarre building? Uh, I'm going to kind of whistle over to get have spoons go ahead, but that seems like a good opportunity to duck out instead. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that instead. Where is spoons going to scout? Is he scouting the mansion or following our, our new gentleman? Um, the new gentleman. Okay. So that bike switching up, uh, uh, those wide turns spoons begins to follow. Mm-hmm. He dips down to where you were, and it's pretty clear to see that it was the first man that was following you along with the other uh, gangrel. And he is, he's dogged. It looks like he's been hurt from from that uh, preternatural sense within spoons. You, you, you can see that there's something uh, attributed to an arm wound there, like his shoulder has come loose or something. He's even uh, shakily driving the bike with one hand. But for you... Uh, this mansion seems like a pretty easy score. Uh, the walls itself seem okay to scale. They're maybe 10 feet high. Um, you, you know, for a normal human being, it might be difficult to walk straight up that stucco uh, siding, but for you, it'd be no problem. This would be a leap, and you were in. Um, there's also this sort of archway gate that looks uh, heavily um, secure, uh, Secured like a like a wrought iron that runs through an archway of that stucco and a security booth itself. Mm-hmm. Um, this all looks far older than it should. Uh, the architecture is far out of date, um, and this place looks largely forgotten at time. There are no cars, um, as far as you can tell at that security gate from where you can see now. It, it is very dark out here, but there. Are, there are sort of like lamplight uh, fixtures. There are mm-hmm. these shielded, um, think like uh, like old Victorian lamps you might take out into the woods. They're, they're hooded lanterns that sit into the, the sconce points of these walls outside uh, uh, the estate. So it's, it's well lit enough that you can sort of see your surroundings, but there's no one here as far as you can tell. In fact, it'd probably be an easy score. You, you think this must be some condemned old... Uh, a building that some family gave up on. Yeah, since I know that the guy who's pursuing me is hurt and he's probably pissed, so he's going to be more just not thinking about this place. I- I'm going to take the chance and see if he might just pass by. So okay. I want to take. I don't want to turn the bike back on, but I want to push it and try to hide it some way, and then okay. try to get over the wall and and into that like mansion area. 
there is absolutely this sort of siding. So imagine that uh, the, the switchback ends into this road that runs up against the security gate there. But mm-hmm. off the right-hand side, it goes long, long into what you imagine is a few acres of space for this estate. And it's easy enough to find some desert shrubs and enough darkness on the side of that estate to stash the bike and even find a pretty easy way to, to clamber up, you think. Mm-hmm. Um uh, if you're making it for that wall, let me get a dexterity in athletics to see if we can hump over it. Two successes. Two successes is absolutely enough. Um, for anyone else, this would be walking up a straight, smooth wall. But for you, uh, w- what does this look like? How does Niles uh, scale over to the other side? Um... Niles would kind of almost in like a parkourish way, just kind of more of an animalistic way. It's right. a little extra, but it's like a little bit of scurrying, but like pulling herself up, like arms first, then her legs, then uh, then he jumps down and crouches and is right. just like looking around. I, I like to think that this is one of the moments that he most identifies with being gangrel. A lot of yeah. Niles can't apply to what they always said was the feeling of it but yeah. for him this feels very much like what the beast wants this primal sort of movement right and mm-hmm. it, it alights something in you uh, it reminds you of how deeply hungry you are at this moment but it feels good it feels good to be living on the edge of what it is to be alive mm-hmm. and knowing that you continue to persist you adapt you are the apex predator and you've been made to do this but as you fall to the other side niles you find yourself in um something that is reminiscent of uh when you were alive when you were a child and you got gum in your hair and your mother had to cut it out you land in something that sticks to nearly every part of the fabric of your clothes um it's much darker on the other side Uh, In fact, those lantern lights seem to be snuffed in this courtyard, or at least you're sitting in a corner that's without any lighting. Mm -hmm. Um, But as you sort of pick up to the the point of the wall, unless unless you're... uh, You you would have tipped over to the side, right? Over to the other side, because you don't want to be seen by any individual on top. Perfect. Then I can continue with my um, description. You're, You're on the other side. You're stuck in this material that is pulling at your fabric. It is slicing at your clothes almost. It, it is uh, so much that um, like pulling away from bramble bushes, you have to mm-hmm. fight to get the flannel back from you. Mm-hmm. And as you pull at your clothes, you pull free and there is like a webbing um, that is covered in your hands. Um, like being caught in gum or uh, tacky uh Uh, glue, adhesive, something of that sort, and the smell is atrocious. Um, The gangrel scent, the gangrel sense in in general is so attuned to the world that some things feel more visceral than others. This feels like um, decay, like fungi, like um, virus a parasite, something of that sort. It it smells unnatural in your hands. And as you pull it through and you get a good look at it, it is um, almost pink in texture. 
uh, and gummy across your fingertips. It sticks and pulls. I wish I had like a light to see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say you definitely have your cell phone. Maybe you have your lighter. Uh, I don't know. Is Niles a big smoker? Nah, Niles is not much of a smoker. Okay. Uh, but I would have a flashlight on my phone, so I'll, yeah. like tr- with my other hand that's not sticky, yeah. uh, I'll pull it out and like set it to flashlight mode. Yeah, sort of laying sidewise on where you've landed here and picked yourself up and s- still sort of brushing through. You turn on that flashlight and you're shocked to see that it's everywhere, whatever this is. In these long, brambled tangles is this what looks like ligament. You remember reading old biology books and seeing the tendons and uh, and uh, a sort of wire work that holds the musculature together? Mm-hmm. That's what looks like this. It, it, like a spider had weaved body through this courtyard. And it, it extends across all of the flatland grass. They, they've worked hard to keep landscaping in this area. Um, and think of how the way, uh, like, like, um, cobwebs will do across hedges where mm-hmm. the entire thing becomes coated in this thin layer of uh, the, the veneer of webbing that's exactly what you're experiencing and it feels wet to the touch in fact the, the hunger in you the deep need uh, is reminiscent of blood in this webbing Can I keep moving? Is it like hindering my ability to move? Does slow you down? Absolutely. You're you're a little slower than you were before, but you can't tell whether that's shock or or the actual pull against your feet. It is not enough to stop you from running. It's enough to give you pause. Um, it does cling to you um, in moments when it touches to your forearms. Uh, you almost, in a half thought, think it might be moving with you. As if it reached out to you instead of stuck to you, but it does not impede you. Yeah. I'm going to keep trying to move because this is bothering me a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I was getting a little uncomfortable. Understandable. You can see that there is one of those hooded lanterns on the front arch, this sort of porchway that sits at the main driveway. Um, think that right now you're in the like landscaped lawn off to the right of a main thoroughfare that runs center and then circles out and then extends into the main porchway. Um, you'd think that that's maybe 60 feet away from where you are now. Um, you have to move through this uh, manicured lawn that you're uh, standing through, but yeah. you can absolutely make it to that lamplight. You also see the lamplight that comes from the security booth that is up towards the front. That's about 15 feet away from where you are now. It's the shortest uh, venture. The mansion has three tiers, uh, two of which have balconies out on front. The main structural damage, which on the other side of this you can now see is much harder, much um, stronger uh, of a break to the building than you understood, is on the third tier. And it looks almost as though the roof has collapsed in on itself. But you can see now that there's almost like a like a bridged walkway across the break that connects in more of that um, tendon, that that uh, circular mass that is keeping this courtyard uh, afloat in that pink, um, blood-soaked material. 
Yeah, I'm definitely gonna head towards the mansion. Okay. Um, but if I if the if the tendon stuff or the webbing is getting up to the sides that and it's tacky enough, I wonder if it's like heavy enough to like lift me. I, I just want to like use it as leverage to get me to climb up the walls as I try to get towards one of the balconies. Um, are you going for the first balcony or the second? Or do you want to get closer to that structural damage, or are you sneaking in through the the second floor? I want to sneak in through the second floor. Okay. Um, go ahead and give me an athletics plus dexterity, and go ahead and give yourself an extra dice in the pool, uh, because uh, you're absolutely correct. This ligament um, has a way of helping you up. Two successes. Two successes. Perfect. Yeah, you managed to spider crawl up this makeshift uh, transitional webbing, this ramp that leads up to the second uh, half. And um, with a few clambers, you have perched yourself up onto this balcony on the second floor. And you can feel the cold air from the inside of this mansion blowing in against your back. And that beautiful long hair of Niles is starting to whip about uh, his shoulders and you can see those emerald eyes are piercing through to the security booth where you see the uh, the motorcyclist pull up to the very front of the gate um, and knock down, throw his bike to the side and wrench up his, his uh, shoulder you can see he's hugging it, but you can see he's pulled himself to the wrought iron gate and he's looking through He's cursing up a fucking storm. He's shouting. He's making a fuss, but he's he's looking. I want to, like, duck. <laughs> okay. yeah. Go ahead and give me uh, dex plus uh, stealth. You were saying, like, uh... Like... like <laughs> slow. Like, not fast at all. Right. Three successes. Yeah. He does not seem to notice anything. And as he's sort of uh, roaming this uh, big flashlight he has in his hand, his good hand at least, you can see it sort of uh, dance across the courtyard there. And you swear you see for a flash something move in response to that cone of light. Um, uh, like, like a beast in repose moving just out of uh, reach as soon as the light catches. And you can see um, almost like a paw move uh, just out of the glimpse of that cone. And it moves towards the security booth itself. Somebody's down there with him? It seems so. Somebody or something. I'm going to watch. Okay. Yeah, he... Um, for the moment, he takes that flashlight and it hooks it back up to his hip. He has this nine millimeter strapped to his side, which he then takes out. Um, and he uses his hurt shoulder to sort of push through to the gate. And it looks as though the gate is open. Um, you do realize that as he starts to push it, you can see the sheen of more of that ligament. Um, like it's been draped like curtains across the security gate. And as he touches it, he goes, what the Fuck! And he, he wipes it away from his hands. He goes, what the fuck kind of a job is this? I'm going to find that bitch. And starts moving through. Um, 
into the courtyard itself, and you can see him start padding at his boots and everything, and he seems to pursue, he's moving through down that main thoroughfare and comes to this circle where you're aware of this uh, fountain that he's cascading light over with the, the flashlight as he slings back his 9mm, tries to get a better look at things. And it is um, of a woman with uh, four wings, uh, these really large, like, eagle's wings that extend out far, uh, much farther than her arm span, and then the second uh, uh, span across horizontal from the rib cage, and her hands are up high as though she's exalting to the sky right there, um, but you can see that through her uh, uh, neck um, is like a porthole, like a, like a visage, as if it was um, just railings so that you could see straight through. Um, and even through that sort of sliver, Niles, you can see this this guy's face as he's sort of petrified to look at all of this. He's very concentrated through, and you can see the zoom of that flashlight as it cascades through that small opening in that woman's neck, and it, it shoots little beams just above where you are on the balcony. I'm going to hold the shotgun and just position it since I'm above in a nice vantage point so that if he ends up finally like spotting me or anything, then I'm just popping off. I'm just trying to get the high ground. (laughs) Okay. I love it. Um, (laughs) He begins to move quicker. Um, He he seems to have been spooked by this whole situation. Looking up at this woman, he starts to move for the front door. Um, He becomes pretty much in line of shooting. It would not be a great shot from where you are. You're shooting, you, you know, a wide cone weapon from the second floor down. But yeah. there's this split second where you feel like it would be the best shot that you have if you were taking one now. Now, I will remind you, uh, actually, give me a wits plus um, wits plus occult, and then add an extra die because of your specialization in kindred. Two successes. Okay, good. You have a flash of a thought as he poises himself into a great shot. Um, that odds are that this is uh, a member of your tribe, um, meaning that he's extremely hardy. As a kindred, this shotgun could easily knock him back, but he could just as easily get straight back up. Um, but there is this opportunity if you wanted to. You, you you could spark the attack before he has any chance to really gather an offensive. Fuck. But there are always things that come to those who wait. I'm only going to fire if he spots me. Okay. There is, again, this cone of light that paints the the walls, and you can see it on the balcony opposite where you are now. It starts to scan through. It comes across the main of the house. You can see the sheen of it bounce off some of the glass windows to the side of you, and then you can see that, that circle painted perfectly just inches above your head. You imagine that maybe some of that shadow is even painting your hairline into the back of that dome, but so close to that railing, there's a chance that maybe he doesn't notice. Give me a dexterity and stealth to see if you can make it through. 
four successes. Okay. He looks absolutely uh, lost in this. He he does that. And he goes, oh, shit. Where the fuck did he go? Um, and he looks upset that he can't seem to find you. Uh, he paints that uh, that cone against the courtyard again and begins to yell out. He says, listen, Maul made a deal with us. You could come back. We won't hurt you. You can come with us on the bike. He just wants to talk. He wants to go over the deal he made with you. Look, I don't know why, but that fucker loves you in a way he never loves us. He may think you're a piece of shit. Disappointment, yeah, but your family, you ought to come back. Once you're Mauls, you're his forever. You can run. You can play off in the fucking casinos for all you fucking like or play in this pink fucking bubble gun for all you like. But eventually, he's coming for you. You could come peacefully and you can see again as, as that flashlight starts to paint the ground another paw just off the edge of the vision of that flashlight like movement through the grass and you can see some of this webbing that is collected along the walls and the buttresses of this uh, architecture begins to um, wobble um, to sense to vibrate like there are creatures using it to move I just want to keep my position. I want to, I, I don't want to respond back. I'm just trying to, I'm like gripping the shotgun just even tighter. Right. Um, but I'm like super fucking scared. Uh, and it's very, very lucky that I, I don't have to breathe anymore because uh, I would be hyperventilating. Um, but I'm just holding on and hoping that he's just not going to be able to find me. Uh, a dead corpse makes it difficult to find, and you're absolutely right. There's no breath coming from your chest. In fact, you become so silent that you forget that you're real. Um, that is until you hear something behind you. Um, it is like steps further through to the, the, the deep of the house. Behind you, uh, if you're looking over your shoulder, you can see this master bedroom that is years out of date, this long canopy bed that is sort of uh, embroiled in the same webbing as though it was used as curtains itself. Um, these old linen-laced pillows that have uh, uh, never been fluffed in years everything is coated in dust the wallpaper itself is this old brocade it's all built into age and what you hear is the age of this wooden floor out in what you can imagine is the hallway past the front door of this master bedroom as it decompresses creaks and breaks under the footing of something moving you can hear this squeal and then break and as you can feel some of the the ground underneath you shake. I point the shotgun in that direction. You move yourself around, you wheel around, deciding that that motorcycle fuckhead is no longer the, the issue, and you prime yourself against it, and you can feel scraping, or at least hear scraping against the inside of the hallways as though something is gliding along the walls just outside that door. 
and the wooden door keeping you into the master bedroom on this balcony where the wind is sort of whipping in and this cold, cold air is biting against your cheeks begins to shudder like something of immense weight is moving on the other side. There is that bestial voice that speaks up again and says, we're not welcome here. But I can't go anywhere. <laughs> There's nowhere to go. I'm in I'm in a rock and a hard place. Yeah. You've been here before, Niles. Fuck. <laughs> and there's nowhere I I can't stay on this balcony. I'm gonna make a run for the top for the third floor. Okay, yeah. Uh, so are you climbing up from the balcony? You're on to sort of scaling the side of the wall like a yeah, spider I'm gonna itself? Yeah, I'm going to continue to use the tendons to scale all the way to the top. Uh, if if I get spotted, I have an opportunity to duck out of that. So, yeah. so uh, go ahead and you're going to make me two rolls, okay? One is to keep yourself up on the side of this wall. So let me get a dexterity plus athletics. Two successes. Beautiful. So you can scale up to the third floor easily. Mm -hmm. The next, I need a composure and a stealth to keep yourself away from being spotted. Whether that is spotted by him or by whatever is in these walls, who knows? One success. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, you pull yourself up, you spider along the walls, and you clinch through these powerful hands into the sides of this ligament. Halfway up, um, you draw a connection uh, through this lamplight, the very dim lighting you have. Um, in the side of the wood paneling of the front of this uh, mansion here, along sort of like the appearance board, uh, like crown molding of the outside of the building, right? Um, there is uh, a blinking eye that opens up along the wood itself. It is this uh, birthing process as the wood expands out and this uh, iris makes itself known with this black sclera in it. And it blinks rapidly as you move across it and then pulses and pops before you. And the shock of this sends a hand free from the wall for a moment and you collide into the wall uh, and it makes some noise as the wood slats break through and some of the, um, the, the uh, like, siding of the building comes free. And you can see him down there on the courtyard look up and says, Fuck, I got you! And he looks up uh, and immediately this 9mm points up and he starts blasting. He's going to take a few shots at you uh, is there a move here, up here? Uh, duck, dodge, dive, weave. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Let's go, dodgeball. Uh, what do I have to roll? Do I have to roll against anything? Uh, or? let me get a do, 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 dexterity plus athletics. Let's see if you can outrun some, some nine millimeter shots. <laughs> 
zero successes. Brutal. Okay, Oof. you take one superficial damage. He was not rolling his best either. As a nine millimeter shot shoots straight through your shoulder and comes out the other side, hitting just a few centimeters away from where that eye had opened up and is now sort of burst in its socket. Uh, and it pierces through the wood itself. Um, as soon as that shot rifles off, you can feel that there is a shake in the building, um, as though something rises in response to that action. Um, and you can see, uh, just as you're hit through the side, the, the bullet comes through, the building starts to shake behind you. You can see through this open window on the in-between before you've just pulled yourself up to the third uh, uh, balcony. Um, a, a figure of a man moving down one of the hallways of this place. Gaunt, incredibly white skin you can see underneath these lights. Slicked back hair to the side of himself. He walks with a cane. Um, and uh, he... Uh, there is this glimpse of himself just barely. You can see him and he cannot see you, or at least to your understanding. He has these albino, completely white eyes that look like a shark's uh, a set or, or a predator's. They're terrifying to look at with this r red rim to this perfect white that sits in the center there uh, as he begins to move down one of the hallways. But again, this huge shake to the building. Nine millimeter goes off. And in that phrase, you're shook through and you see this man. You begin to hear the screaming. Um, looking down uh, your predator, this man who has tried to kill you, this member of your tribe, um, is hollering, just running through the courtyard, falling to the ground, kicking back at something you can't quite see. Um, and you can already uh, tell from the pulling as this flashlight moves and you see uh, a, a brief moment of what is exposed white mandible chewing at his ankle, that he has lost his foot and into his calf as whatever it is is chomping back. And one of that maw opens up so that it looks almost like a crocodile's head uh, uh, stripped down to the bone and then strapped through with all of this ligament as if it's been living in the cobwebs below. Um, these two free eyeballs shake, rattle, and roll in the, uh, the head of this open socket as they uh, can barely even focus, but they're there like marbles loose in its head and it chomps and chomps again on his side. He's begging for mercy. Please, fuck, no, please, not like this, fuck. He's smacking away with it, hitting with all of his might against whatever that is. Oh my god. I keep climbing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me get Holy a final dexterity plus athletics. Remove one from your dice pool because the the mania that is happening in this situation is drawn climbing a little harder than it is. You f you feel about 40 feet up in the sky. One success. One success. That's enough. You slide yourself through, just barely gliding through this opening on the, the, the sort of a stone cobble uh, balcony as you pull yourself up into it. And you are in that main break, um, the, the sort of broken structural uh, uh, um, portion of that third balcony. And as you 
pull yourself to uh, a crouch, a sit, whatever sort of motion you're making, you can feel the stones start to crumble underneath your feet. And if it wasn't for this sort of ribbed netting of human flesh, then you would have fallen through already as it's sort of keeping the building together. Um, you're here on the third balcony, looking inside this structural break um, in the center of this netting is uh, a corpse, as far as you can tell. Um, completely nude, a male, long, incredibly long blonde hair uh, that is almost down to his hips. Um, this great big full beard, uh, reminiscent of like Rasputin, this very long, uh, n uh, gnarly beard that has been eaten into with age and it looks as though it's been decaying like he is. Uh, his hands are splayed amongst the, the webbing and he's in the center of such. Uh, and there is this gaping open wound in his chest that has been opened uh, uh, to expose the innards of his uh, rib cage. And right there pressed into his heart is this uh, uh, very hefty wooden inscribed stake. Niles is going to stay as low as possible and crouch low and just kind of just get a little closer, just trying to see where there's any danger, but also just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Right. Because I have seen some things. <laughs> yeah, it's been a day for sure. A little um, concerned. There are still those agonizing screams down on the bottom floor as you're aware that this thing is still uh, eating away at that tribe member. Um, and the, the house is sort of simmered from whatever shaking was spurned off that nine millimeter shot. But there is that inkling in the back of your mind that reminds you that that shot, that sound generated and hit onto the third floor. You're wondering how long before whatever that is, whatever guards this place realizes that there's an intruder here amongst the webbing. Um, and that gangrel sense sends you back to the Black Widow spiders and all of those uh, uh, insects that keep themselves on the webs, waiting for any movement, any vibration. As your boots move across the ligaments and you, you keep yourself low to the ground, Th this body is well preserved. Um, you imagine he's probably in his 60s, approaching 70s. Um, he has these bright, cold blue eyes. Um, there are um, changes to his form. His shoulder blades extend out to literal points, like a um, like he shaved himself down to uh, to have blades towards the end, as if he could stab someone with the ends. And they flare up like epaulets, like he's some mad general of death. Um, he has removed uh, his nipples. He's completely uh, skinned through there. Uh, his belly has been uh, extended on one side and deflated on the other into his being so that one is like this distended pot belly and the other is this frail, gaunt exposure to his, uh, his rib cage and, and the intestines below. Um, he has this natural belt that has been made out of what you can assume is like 
keratin like fingernail that is exposed out so far that it is like a, a, a shield that rims out his hip bones. The hip bones flare out the same as the shoulders, and he has become this bizarre, militaristic painting of what a body could be. Uh, even his feet have extended out to claws, and his heels have become boned, calloused, sharp edges. Yeah. Can I see what you said there was inscription on the stake, right? Absolutely, am, yeah. Am I close enough to see what's written on there? I'd say you're about five feet from the body. You have not gotten so close to taste the smell of death on him, but you could if you would like to. Would you like to crawl up to him on this webbing and get close enough to understand who he was in a biblical sense, see him for what he truly is? Before I do that, I want to activate uh, that prowess that I have. Okay. Be- because I don't want... I want to give off, like, I'm more of a predator. I just want to make sure that I'm ready if something happens. Right. Because I've, I've never seen something like this. You remember stories from Maul of what can happen. He, he never truly let you in. He was never that type of person. He wanted you in the dark so that he could spin the story any way he needed to bring you home. So in between all of those runaways, in between all of those moments where you tried to fight out of it, he did teach you some things. You remember a word for this. Torpor. A sleep that few come back from. It's the last-ditch effort. Like a living body will send itself uh, into a faint to keep the body alive. This preserves the curse. It promises that no vampire can truly die until God allows. It's the final punishment. The denial of everything that we would want. It's another show of immortality. From all, he believed that there was a lot of power here that many put themselves into torpor to understand what it is to truly be dead, to save their power for the next time they might need it. But looking at this thing now, whatever this thing is, it does not look powerful. It looks lost. Uh, That stake sitting in its heart uh, as you pull yourself through, uh, I, I assume you're getting close enough to read that inscription? Yeah. It is, um bizarre like runic language um go ahead and give me an occult plus intelligence one success one success you think maybe gaelic um something of that sort it feels uh uh, located in that place you would think uh, as far Mm -hmm. as niles understands but there is clear Uh, iconography on the stake itself. It has this sort of silver pommel at the very top that is uh, like rimmed out. Imagine that it's almost like a UFO disc of uh, silver that is baked into the wood itself and then it is a very sleek smooth pointed uh, stake that sits into the, the center of his heart there but Along the four sides of that stake, uh, just below the UFO, are all of those runes carefully placed. And you can see that they've almost been lacquered in blood. 
uh, as if it's been primed with something. You've heard loosely from Maul how dangerous it can be to mess with blood magic, how it's one of the Gangrel's number one enemies because it's one we can't see coming. Maul always respected the art because it meant that you could win, uh, but he was always too dumb to understand. Uh, here, it feels reminiscent of this. Okay, don't want to touch that. But I'm just going to kind of like, now that I'm so close, like, look around the body. Like, is there other stuff with it? Is it just his, just this corpse? It looks as though uh, it's just him. Through investigation, he has been made completely nude. Uh, below you, through the ligaments itself, because you are sort of suspended to the ceiling of this place. About 15 feet down is a master bedroom underneath the webbing that is keeping you vertical. Um, and you can see discarded clothes and a tossed room just below. Um, but it seems so... Uh, in your mind, at least, he might have been ceremonially placed here, like a message. And the open chest cavity inside has been um, some sort of plant has been placed inside. Would I recognize the plant? Is it like a vine or, or at least like, a, yeah, is it like a vine or a flower or? Sure. Um, let's see. Let's give intelligence plus uh, survival. Do you have anything in survival? I do. Cool. It's one of the, one of the good skills. Uh, one success. Okay. He has been filled full of sage. to the brim almost as if they filled uh, sort of entombed him uh, uh, sort of embalmed uh, embalmed him took out all of the organs themselves and refilled him with uh, with sage to the brim there is one more thing Niles it is the voice in the back of your head the bubbling in your blood, the simmering to the forefront. You can feel yourself starting to salivate if you were possible for. Um, You have gone long without a meal. Um, And there's something inside of you that keeps reminding you that as long as that steak is stuck in his heart, he has nowhere to go. And if he's still alive under there, he hasn't been turned to dust yet. He hasn't turned to what we become yet. There must be something still left. What if, uh, what if I bit it? (laughs) You could. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just enough. So take the edge off. Like I normally do, like a usual feeding when I'm allowed to eat. Of course. This is just like any other time. You're going to slake enough hunger. How much? I'm going to knock three hunger off, so I'm only at one hunger for right now. Three is a lot to ask, 
but Vite provides. Uh, what does this look like as you reach in and you take something that is not yours from a man you've never met? It's like deep hesitation. Like I'm, I've been sitting there for a minute, just like, like I assume like an arm is just like dangling there, and I've just been like crouched right next to it, and I'm contemplating all of it, like. Because somebody tells me when I get to eat, and this is the first time that I'm just like, I could just do it. So after like a deep resolve, I finally just like, you know, I have to eat. I have to keep going. Because whatever's out there yeah. is out there, and I still have to find a way to get back through all of that and out. Right. So it's necessary. As you're thinking all this and you're rationalizing like most terrible people do before they do terrible things, there's a flash in your head, Niles. It is of this tall, six-foot-five individual in a familiar vest and this hoodie that he always wore, dirty and patch-stained with oil. And He's tall uh, and a, a handsome individual if he wasn't such a, an asshole in all appearances. Uh, shorn head tight to the skull. These big uh, mutton chops that fit into a beard shaved at the chin. Um, and, and you imagine this man... You know this man. You can smell him even. Uh, you spent so many nights stuck by him, with him, beside him. Uh, nights you slept in the same bed. Nights you weren't allowed in the bed. You had to sleep on the couch. You had to sleep on the floor. You had to sleep outside, whatever it may be. And you picture him lording over you um, like uh, a master at collar and leash. Uh, that he might put something at the front of you and ask that you wait for his word. And you can see him with his fingers up like he was programming you, like he was controlling you, like he was ordering you to wait. And then the beck and call. Eventually, with a flick of his wrist and the meat of his eyes, he gives you permission. You imagine every other time that you have fed only by his call, only by his control. And now, for the first time, you call. You drink deep. You try and slake three hunger off of this man. But it's a difficult thing when you haven't eaten like this. Maybe Maul was right. Maybe he knew best feeding you when he knew. Let's see. We're going to go here to our hunger frenzy. Um, <laughs> and you are looking at a difficulty of four. If okay. you can beat a four here, then we are good to go. But to resist frenzy is not so easy. What? We are going to roll your willpower plus one-third of your humanity, and you are going to remove two from the pool. (laughs) 
only one success. Okay. Well, even without the two removed, that is unfortunately a fail. Um, Niles, what does this look like? It just starts out like just drinking like normal, but you know, like like a kid who in a candy shop just like you know never had sweets for the first time, just like right. just keeps going and just like I'm just like a sucking down a straw, like drink your milkshake, right. you know, like all the way to the bottom. And I just can't stop. Right. And it, at first, the wrist is an easy bite. It's something that you might do on a date. You know, There's something that you might do to a lover, someone that you cared for. It was kind. It was gracious. You were just taking as much as you needed until you tasted it. Niles, it is the best thing you have ever put in your body. It's better than drugs. It's better than sex. It's better than life. This is why you were cursed. It was to take of this. You were built for doing this. You can feel the power of him in his veins. You can remember parts of his childhood with every sip. You can taste things that he's eaten in his life. From years ago when he was human, you can smell things that he smelled. You swear after a few sips you might know his wife's name from years ago. You are not drinking blood. You are not slaking thirst. You are not feeding the cursed. You are taking a man. You are taking a soul you lose everything and what is a nice bite to the wrist opens enough to fillet his arm up the sides it becomes harder to eat off of him as you realize there are bone spurs that he has set into his arm that are spiked through that cut at the corners of your mouth but you cannot seem to stop yourself because you cannot picture a life without taking every drop he has. So you push forward hard enough to bring blood from your own vitae fresh to your lips as you cut the sides of your mouth on this man you are stealing, that you are consuming, that you are taking. And you take every last drop. And for a moment, everything goes black. The world ends. And you find yourself lost on that bed of human skin beside the man you killed. And then you wake up on the countryside. The smell of fresh dew on grass outside is brand new, and you can feel sunlight through the windows of this thatch roof uh, abode that you're in. There is a hay bed that you're sleeping in with a woman you do not recognize to your right and the cry of a child to your left inside the same room. Um, there are fresh greens laid out on a wooden table that seems hand-built and you can remember building it yourself. You can smell fresh herb from that, uh, that place and you can feel sun on your skin. Fuck. I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm looking around uh, like to see if I can see my reflection. If not, I'm going to take a step outside. <laughs> right. You you pick yourself up. It does not look like there's a mirror in this room. Uh, it does look like there's like a standing pool of water in this basin off the side that is sort of built into this very uh, 
like rudimentary iron bowl that is set into a wooden post. You remember building that too. You remember it was a bastard of the time hammering this metal into the basin itself. And that every time you bring the water to your lips, you remember how tinny it can taste in your mouth because of poor craftsmanship. And every winter you curse yourself for the work you did. But still, you move over, and from what little sunlight you have, there is a reflection, and you can feel this hard stubble on your face that turns to facial hair at the chin and pulls down deep. Uh, you can see deep set in eyes and long hair, and for a moment, the other you remembers. This is the man you just ate. You can recognize him. His shoulders are not the same, of course. And, he looks alive. He looks like a person. He still has a life. He still has uh, a breath. You can feel your heart beating as you're in your chest as you're realizing that you're in another time, in another body. And there's still the crying of a child in some sort of makeshift wooden crib on the other side of this thatch building. You're stepping through what is half-mudded floors. Uh, I go over to the child... And I go to pick it, uh, pick them up and coddle them. Right. As far as Niles uh, is concerned, I don't believe Niles has ever been a parent. Right? No. You're a parent in this moment. You have never felt this unbridled love for a thing in your life. It's more than you ever felt for Maul, even in your worst situation, even when his control was everything you knew. It's more than you ever felt for anyone you dated before, or for anyone that was close to you. There, there were people you thought you gave everything to, but this child, whose name you can't fully remember, but you know is yours, that came from you, from your seed, is sitting here and, and crying, and there's this instinctual need to, uh, to give love. And you, you coddle it, you bring it close, and uh, um, you, you hold it against you. And it feels so right to have that skin-to-skin -skin contact as it presses against you. Yeah, I'm just holding, yeah, holding them tight. Um, probably kind of bringing them over to the bed, sitting down to try to nestle them, put them back in, next to, to who I assume is my wife. Um and just enjoy this really pleasant moment. Right. It is older in this place than you have ever known in your life. This is things you've seen in museums or on uh, television, movies and everything, but it feels uniquely real. The smell of manure is undeniable. You are in some piece of history lost in time. A part of you wonders if you will ever come back from whatever this is. That's kind of nice, though. And it's like something really like foreign to Niles, and Niles is just captivated by it and just wants to sit there and just keep observing it for as long as they can. You you sit for a moment at the edge of that bed. It, it's not particularly comfortable. You couldn't imagine sleeping in this every night, but the woman next to you is beautiful and kind. She's uh, uh, she's big and curvy and well-fed, and there is this huge happiness that fills your heart as you look at her, and you remember years that you never lived but have, 
and there is a name that is so far out of reach but is there you have the feeling of that name everything that it brings to your mind but you can't for the life of you remember what it would be to speak but there is happiness there niles for the first time in your life you are not being chased it is quiet it is morning the sun is on your face and you are loved happy and kind you are fed and you have a family. I mean, I mean, what else? I mean, all I would do is just keep enjoying it. I don't know what this really is. I don't quite understand it. Um, I mean, I might just go about the day if that's how this works, if I'm reliving this person's life. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think that day looks like? You you find that you your thatch house lives on uh, a property um, that is mostly uh, a flat land, but it, it does have a remarkable amount of green. Uh, it's cold out here. Um, it, it's well foggy, but the, the sun is still in the sky, and you can see a coast very far off from where you are, but it goes on for so far that you can see it. Um, and you have a sense that this is your property, your farm, your ranch. Uh, what do you think this day looks like for Niles on, on a day where you are not anyone's property? Yeah, I think it's just like a simple, like a simple life kind of day, like fixing up things that need to be fixed up around the house, like chopping down a stump that needs to that that needs to be getting rid of and uh, stuff like that. Chores, having a meal with my family, just like a very nice, quiet, secluded, but peaceful just day. Right. Um, there is a portion of it where you spend with your wife as she uh, goes about her chores closer to the house and you go about caring for the livestock and for the chores that must be done around. You spend time with your child who has your eyes that are not your eyes, that are your eyes. And it is so hopelessly confusing, but it feels nice. All of it feels good. Uh, and there is a moment where you are clearing out the muck of one of the uh, pig dens, basically off the side of the estate. Um, and in the moment that you are sort of uh, pitchforking through and, and gathering everything into a basin, you look up and from up on this hill that rises the south of your property, you can see uh, an armored individual standing high on the hill with a sword in one hand and a buckler in the other. Um, and for a moment the sky feels red and the world inside of you feels harmed all of a sudden it begins to rot you are an apple that is going rotten to the court you are fruit that is dying as it sits on the vine you are a decaying animal uh, and the maggots begin to eat everything good of this day as the memory dies immediately on the vision of this man and you wake up again, still in this world, but now on the outskirts of something bigger, a castle, something high into the sky, the same landscaping, everything. But behind you, glancing behind, you can see the estate that you came from, uh, low into the valley, decimated, lit aflame. And you are at the basin of this walk up into this massive medieval uh, feudal uh, uh, monolith in the sky. Um, and you can feel yourself walking through. 
And as you skirt through the stone that lines up the many stairways that takes you to the front of the the gate of that castle, you can see this sort of webbing that is laced across all of these posts, these railings, the buttresses, the towers themselves. It's like this entire place is encased in this cocoon, this material. Um, You have visions of yourself walking through and there are uh, service staff moving past you, like chambermaids and cooks and things of that nature, but all of them are wrong, Niles. Um, they're melting off of sides of their faces like candle wax, or some of them, their heads are embedded into their stomachs, and the clothes are breached through so that they can see from where they are. Others are split entirely down the center, and then other arms are built out from where that split begins, and they are forced to hold like human candelabras different uh, accoutrements to bring to other portions of the castle and every single thing you see in here is more monstrosity than the last and the ligament begins to gather in pools so much so that you are no longer touching anything of this world it is only flesh it is only blood and you climb up these stairs until you're greeted by her she is in this beautiful throne that you guess must go up to maybe 15 feet high at at its tallest point. She is maybe six foot four, you would guess, but that is largely due to the huge uh, extension of her legs where the heel has been broken in so that it resembles almost like an elk's uh, leg. and the four beautiful wings that extend out from her back and out from her ribcage are magnificent, drenched in this blood gore and the netting that flips from one side of the wings themselves down to the lower. She has these eight eyes that are built into black scalera that jump across this extended, elongated, perfect face and dot along. You can see them constantly looking in all directions. And then there is a crown that she has built from bone herself, extended out from her ears to extend in this headband that is then pressed in with even more ocular sights. She, through the neck, has this porthole from which you can see clearly the back of the throne behind her. Um, And then her wrists match the same. The forearms are extended so that there are only railings for which you can see directly through. She's horrible to look at, but beautiful in a way that you cannot look away. Am I I here on my own terms? You, You came for her. You have this intense, burning hatred for what happened before. In flashes, you can see that red sky again. The lone soldier on the top of the hill. The buckler raised high and then the sword above. And you can remember things from that moment. And there is something in you that promises the death of that man. Then I'm going to go for it. Just with all, like, viscera and rage. (laughs) Right. Just as- so you have come here with viscera and rage to see her in the hopes that you might find 
solution. Mm -hmm. You bring to her surface, to her steps, and she casts a hand that slows your body to a roll. As you were moving towards up to her, um, she speaks. Um, she speaks in many voices, like three layered over on top of each other, as if she's three people speaking at once. Uh, and she says, you have come for retribution, for property sowed, for lives taken. Someone has stolen from you. They have, and they told me that you could help me. They were correct. But what I offer is not just aid. I offer a coin, two-sided. I offer a deal with a brokered edge. What I give, I take. And what you give, I take. What you will have is not anything you can give back. And once it is done, once you are made an angel of retribution like myself, there is no coming back. There is no ranch, no farm. For you, my love, there would be only castles. They took everything from me, and I have no intentions to go back to a farm or to a, a home if it means that I can't have them. So I'll do whatever it takes, whatever you want. If it gets me revenge. You will be chased your entire life by those who will never understand you. But you must understand there is only power in standing in their way. I will make you one of me, and you will stand in their way. I would know your name, and something bubbles up to the surface from inside your chest, and suddenly something becomes clear. You know who you are. You are Casimir. You've heard this name before. You've heard it your entire life. You are Casimir. I'm Casimir. She drifts up this long flowing dress that sits from the base in this long V with her breasts exposed out from the top and these huge bone spurs just above that extend out like needles and she drifts down and you can see this sachet of this beautiful material as it cascades across this morphed body she becomes so tall over you but so beautiful so strange but so right um, she tips your chin off to the side just enough to expose jugular and then there is a slice against it with this long knifed fingernail and you can feel the choking in your blood as it starts to pool and drip down your your front and she drains you of everything and just in the dying twilight of that moment you can feel as her poison extends into you and your bones begin to shift underneath and you are back in modern times sitting in a webbed 
fortune of your own making, sitting next to a pile of dust where a man used to be and a stake that has nearly fallen through to the master bedroom below, and you are Niles once more. I'd I'd like to leave if I have enough time. <laughs> I yes, you can absolutely leave. Yes. Um do you mind if we take like a five minute break so I can use the uh, restroom real quick? Okay, absolutely. Cool. <laughs> what oh, the fuck dude? Okay. That's oh. perfect. I I also have to be. I'll be right back. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> She's knocked Pass the out. Oh my Pass god. The fuck it. Love it. Oh my god, dude. Whew. How are you feeling? No, this is great. Holy okay, shit. Okay, good. I'm, I'm I feel like the body I feel no dude, I feel like the body horror <laughs> like tag is solely for this. Yeah, I feel terrible for anyone that's gonna watch this who's <gasps> sensitive to that, yeah. Oof. I probably should have warned somebody. For... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we'll we'll put it in the we'll put it in the description explicitly. Yeah, oh, I just figured if we're you. doing Zemisi, we gotta do oh, Zemisi, you know? Fuck yeah, <laughs> dudes! Didn't Hope, even imagine. Like, hopefully this... you like these two. <laughs> oh, I do. It's fun. It's so good. Okay. <laughs> I'm having a good time. Awesome. Fuck that guy that was following me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got what's fucking coming to him. <laughs> Yeah. All oh right. Oh my god. So good. Whew. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. Let me tank some water real quick. Okay. All right. Back from break. You have just woken up from what is, uh, you know, centuries of dreaming. You've just come back from what might have been the 1500s, for all you know. Um, but you are human again. Well, as close as you're going to get, Niles, you are Niles again. There is an intense amount of power. 
power flowing through your veins as you can feel it right here on the the sort of webbing of this uh, uh, final floor of the mansion that you've embodied. The body before is dust. There is a thin layer of what is ash of uh, what he used to be next to you. You are acutely aware that you took everything that he was. And in fact, you can feel your skin bubbling underneath the surface, but this time, literally, looking down at your palms, you can see the flesh start to marble and raise and then bubble over each other, and at times it metastasizes enough to form masses on top of your your knuckles and your body. Um, But it does settle and then start again. It comes in waves and breaks and waves, but you can feel that blood coursing through you, and you can feel Casimir somewhere deep in the back of you, um, gliding along the surface. Without a voice, without a culture, without an understanding, Casimir is not with you. He is you. Casimir is not present. He's past, and he's trapped in that blood. You are like oil versus his water, or maybe it's reverse, who knows. We need to make a decision on how exactly you come out of this diablery, uh, because there is always a fight for who is in control. Mm -hmm. And if things go incorrectly, well, maybe Casimir takes the reins. Which I understand is quickly becoming a uh, reminder of Doom to Repeat, but I suppose we'll <laughs> we'll see if that trope lasts. There is a way for uh, calculating diablery here. Let me bring it up real quick because it's not often that someone decides to take everything from a vampire, but we should at least be prepared. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, so I believe this is already changed on your character sheet, but if not, you should have one less humanity than the rest of us. Um, yes. Perfect. Beautiful. Um, you need to make uh, some resolve tests, essentially, to see who uh, comes out on top. Okay? Sure. So. Uh, I want you to make three strength plus resolve tests. Strength plus resolve? Cool. Yes. Ah, the rare time I don't have to roll hunger dice. That's right. You are at complete zero, yes. Complete zero. That's two successes on the first one. Okay. Four successes on the second one. Good. And one success on the last one. Here is my advice to you. I would roll willpower on the first and last if you intend to survive. I will. So that's rolling three additional 
dice per yeah, per you, you can re-roll turn. up to three. You do not have to re-roll your successes. You can keep those. Uh, you're looking for a difficulty of three on both of them. I got four successes on the first roll. Good. Now at uh at, at, at adding those three, replacing those three rolls. So now I've and then three total on the last. Okay, roll. you have cleared all of your strength and resolve tests. The final is, we must make a contest of your humanity plus your blood potency, which should be one. So I believe your pool would be seven, correct? Yes. Okay. You must make a contest against the resolve plus blood potency of the man you're stealing. Okay. Every success over his role grants you an additional five experience points, which I will allow you to use on your sheet following this game. I know that we've already started in the main game, but of course we're going to honor this uh, action right here so you and I can discuss between now and next game where this is all going. Um, Let me very quickly uh, remember what Casimir's um, blood potency is because he's pretty beefy. One moment. There we are. Okay. Blood potency. Oh boy. Okay. Um, Go ahead and roll. I would like to see what you come up with. Uh, For reference, I talked about this in episode, um, I think it's three of Vegas by Night. I don't know. But we're rolling with the coffin right now. My favorite rolls, apparently. You're the only one that's... I'm the only... I'm the coffin lad. Yeah. Um, I have four successes. Okay. You have gained 10 experience points. Holy shit. This is in addition to what we had already set up for um, Niles in the main game. So wherever Niles is in the main game, just add 10 experience now. Okay. That way we can make things nice and easy. Cool, cool, cool. But you did succeed, so there is no additional loss of humanity here, which is exceptional for you. That means you've only lost one humanity through the Diablery. Far as this goes, those willpower uh, rolls made this out for maybe a near-perfect Diablery. Um, You have also lowered your generation. Um which effectively means that you are now a part of generation. Oh man. You are now a part of generation 12. You're on the cusp of uh, raising and blood potency, which would mean 
a lot of things, but one of which is you become a lot more adverse to humans and you get a lot more advantages. But we don't have to worry about that next. You're just on the cusp. Okay. Uh, that may come into uh, play later because odds are the others will come down in generation two. <laughs> okay. That is the end right there. Uh, the, at least technically, that is what we get out of your Diablo right here. Um, you come back, you're extremely powerful, you can feel your body shifting, you can feel new power somewhere in there, you know that Casimir is with you, um, there are vague memories of your wife, your dead wife, your child who was lost, uh, your estate that was taken, and uh, even more so, uh, in the deep recesses of your mind, uh, there is a name, a name that uh, shifts in between your thoughts constantly. It's on the forefront at every moment that you think of it. Um, and that name is Lada of the Myers. Spelled L-A-D-A. Lada of the Myers. Okay. So, last we discussed, you said you wanted to 86 this place as best yes. you can. You want to get the fuck out of here, right? I want to, like, if there, you said there was a bed below us, I'd like right. to, I'd like to and jump okay. down to that bed. All right, yeah, you're, you're sort of play palace running through the little, you know, bands to get through the ligament down to the, uh, the major bedroom. Um, yeah, uh, are you doing this stealthily? Are you, uh, worried about your form? What's the plan? Uh, yes, I am doing it with incredible stealth. Uh, I'm trying because I know that there are. I'm not alone, uh, and I don't want to know what that's about. <laughs> you, you actually vaguely remember uh, there's something shifting to the the surface, like like tunnel vision. But you remember a name, uh, a name that you used to joke of, um, called Lamplighter. Um, and and it sits at the forefront of your mind, but you drop through. Uh, go ahead and give me a dexterity plus stealth. Whoa! I got four zero. I've got four tens. Four so tens. That- I got That's four tens, eight successes, I think. Yeah, because yeah, so nine, so nine total. That's insane. Yeah, that's you... stupid. I'll take a. I'm gonna take a picture of that because I. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Um, that's crazy. Second. Wild. You you drop through to the bottom, and there's something about the high of whatever Casimir has done to your body, because you float down. Um, in fact, your your feet, as you touch the ground, feel as though they're changed and shifting to the carpet underneath, the webbing underneath, as though to accommodate your best adaptation. Um, there are now two voices fighting inside of you, and that is of the, the, the beast that has always told you to survive. And now the new one, the castled beast that speaks of adaptation. Um, and you truly do. You fall to the floor, Niles, and you've never been more silent. Um, it is enough, even, 
that you catch the guardian off guard. There is an open facing wall that has been cut through basically as though something had charged through the other side and broken and splintered this wooden wall. But walking amongst this hallway, you get a glimpse of what has been shaking the floorboards. Maybe nine feet tall is this mass of flesh with this Frankenstein-esque body that is built so high to the head, um, missing a mandible on lower half. So this long, fat, pallid tongue sits on this mass of neck flesh above. Uh, big flared think like axe head um, appendage skull essentially that has been sharpened to a T right Um, and then uh, moving down in past his pectorals there is this big barrel appendage around his midriff that resembles a large pane of glass that has been rounded and bold around his body. And you can see that some of the lamplight around this uh, this uh, room and the hallways themselves bounce and glare off the center of him. And you can see just like the sconces of the, this place, inside of his glass center is this dancing flame. Uh, uh, and he is emitting light himself. Um, His hands have been turned to these massive mallets that are laced in keratin, like huge fingernailed shields that look like could pummel anything in its way. Um, And he is sort of blindly moving about these hallways, grunting, (laughs) pained and and worried. As you can see, it's sort of afflicted by something, like something's happening to it uh, in response to everything that's gone on this night. Um, But it's like plainly in your view, maybe 10 feet away from where you are now. Not, not at all aware of where you are or who you are or what you've done. They don't even know you're here. Yeah, I'm gonna slowly back away, tiptoe out of the situation. Yeah, I'm looking for either a balcony to jump out of, or if I'm at the bottom, if that where I am is the first floor, then out the front door. Perfect. Yeah, you. There's absolutely a balcony here. It's that third railing uh, essentially that breaks in um, down to the second floor Um, and and you can absolutely uh, jump from the stone balcony down all the way through Uh, let's get a dexterity athletics for this huge leap one success one success Um, it's enough Uh, it's absolutely enough it's a rough landing uh, you jump through. What does this look like as you sort of fly through overguessing and then uh, roughly land at the bottom of the 40-foot the uh, mansion? I feel like it's, you know those guys that like bungee, do that bungee shit? And like I land on a tendon, but I'm like very like still kind of warping and stuff. So it's right. not, I'm just like like definitely shaking like up and down, up and down on right. this thing. Yeah, and something <laughs> twisted on the way down for sure. Yeah. Um. You make it down, um, and there is a a noise from within the house again as the the shaking resumes, and you can hear that lamplighter's cry again. (laughs) As he's he's screeching against something, and you can feel one of those mallets break into another wall there. 
Um, but on the ground level, you're greeted with the corpse of the man who had followed you in here, who has been torn apart at the lower half. Um, he is still barely alive because of that kindred curse. He's maybe moments away from torpor as he is physically climbing into the gravel and begging for life. He is lost and dazed from whatever has happened to him. And he has not even realized you're there as he's desperately trying to crawl himself to the front of the gate. How much time do we have left before the sunrise? You have so much time. You and Casimir have hours before you even touch morning light. This is maybe 11, 11.30. I kind of want to leave him to his own devices. Okay. You can absolutely do so. In fact, he has no awareness of you. You are a shadow at this point. Casimir is guiding you along the tour of his old estate, and you know exactly where to step to not invoke whatever the scangrel's sight is. Um, But you do see uh, another individual who has seen you on the way down off to the left making direct eye contact who must have absolutely seen you drop from the the floor there uh, is an Asian American individual he's Korean probably in his mid 30s handsome man angular features a little shorter than most but still uh, absolutely uh, a built he's, he fills out his clothes very well um, he has a, a 356 revolver in his hands and he seems to be looking through to the house and then back to you about a million times. But the look on his face is one of, um, like, uh, a mission going complete foobar. Uh, like you are something he hadn't accounted for, and he's now doing mental gymnastics to find out what happens next. Um, but uh, he, he looks at you and he gives you a single quiet. Put my hands up. He puts up his. And he points back, uh, revolver still in hand, towards the wall um, where it was clear that you'd scaled through. Um, and he, he makes his motion for you two to talk and then jerks his head back behind the wall. I nod at him. Because I'm heading out that way anyways. <laughs> Good. He, he primes his gun against you. Um, it's clear it's more on defensive than it is anything else. You're acutely aware that you have your shotgun as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's the play? Are we over the wall now? I think like, he I- is waiting at this point for you to go first. <laughs> I motioned for him to at least put the gun down. <laughs> he motions to, to yours with his 357, and it looks like he wants to speak and then stops himself. He goes, ah, fuck it, and puts it into this side holster he has off the side, and he shirks, shirks his hand up there. And then I'm going to walk past him. Okay, good. And then I'm going to jump over the wall effortlessly. <laughs> <laughs> he shakes his head and he follows through. It takes him a little more of a clamber, uh, but he joins you on the other side. Um, as soon as he drops down, he keeps a hand close to his 357. He looks at you and he says, Who the fuck are you and what the fuck are you doing here? I'm just a passerby 
stumbled on this place and that's it. You picked the worst fucking night. Who's in there? Have you seen anybody? You came out of that building. How did you come out alive? I... I... I don't know. I... I... I saw something in the middle of the center and... I don't know, everything went black. Who the fuck are you with? Are you free riders? You conquerors? You with Sylvie? Are you Lydia's? Oh, I... You... You just threw a bunch of stuff at me. I don't know what that means. I don't know what any of that means. Fuck, who the fuck are you? You're not with Rothstein, are you? Again, names. Don't know. You're telling me you're some new fucking lick who walked in to this hellhole? Okay. A lick? I don't... You... Can can you... Can you dumb this down a little bit? And can... Can we get rid of the gun? <laughs> he he fully holsters. He puts his hands back up. He looks <laughs> noticeably frustrated. His eyes go to these sort of uh, uh, crow marks at the, the side of his eyes. And he, he tenses his temples. And he looks at you and says, You are so deep in shit. That is the simplest I can put it. Listen, I can help you. But if we're leaving here... We're leaving now. Okay, I mean, anywhere's better than here. You don't want any part of what's going down here. Someone is making a play, and you are not supposed to be in the middle of it. Fine. Then I'd rather not be. It's none of my business. What's your name? I'm, 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 I'm Niles. Okay, Niles. And and you're sure you're not with anybody? No, I'm not not with anybody. Okay, come on. And he grabs you by the elbow. He's gentle about it. It's very clear that he he goes to move and 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 grab you there to guide you back towards the gate. Uh, is there any sort of response to that physicality? Uh, I flinch because I uh, most people don't touch me uh so i am very unfamiliar with this he he looks back he's look uh, i'm sorry uh, you just need to get out of here this is bad news bears and i don't want you to be collateral damage to some fucking bullshit that's about to go down you gave me a really good reason to get out of here and he starts moving around and he waves for you to follow yeah, I'll, uh, once he gives me a little space, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow him. Um, he, he has this uh, nice uh, sedan out parked uh, in front. Um, he parks. Uh, he gets into the driver's seat and he throws open the passenger side door. It's clear he's in a rush. Yeah, I'll I'll just with uh, I'll look around for spoons first. The spoons have to be nearby. You focus in on that sense, that connection with spoons, and for a moment, um, you get lost, um, and you're 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 not with your raven. You're instead screaming, you're hollering, you're throwing these huge fists against floor, and you're uh, darting around at this small little animal. This little man in all black with these pale white eyes and you're running through the house your home, you're trying to defend your master 
and then it snaps and you're back in spoons and you're gliding above the world beautiful and he zooms in on down and floats above the sedan uh i call for spoons to come down to me and then i'm going to grab him and cradle him into my chest and put him inside my shirt so he's near the center of my chest and then i'm gonna get in uh and sit in the car and close the door yeah, you, you get him in, you get right inside. Hugh looks a little shocked for a moment as, as he registers what's actually happening underneath the shirt. He goes, is that a bird? This is Spoons. <laughs> well, hi, Spoons. Uh, it's nice to meet you. And he puts out a little hand. I don't think he wants to shake, does he? He'll bite. Oh, shit, fuck. Okay, yeah, I don't want any, like, rabies or anything. Uh, he puts in gear and he starts driving. He's, he's real cute, though. Birds don't have rabies. They don't? No. Birds have to have rabies, right? He's still driving away. No, they... No, they... No. That's not... I mean, they carry stuff, but I don't think rabies. That seems unfair. Why? You got bats running around giving everyone in the world rabies, but birds get the fair play? He's a lucky little dude. Yeah, yeah, he is sometimes. Um, you never, uh, you never told me who you are. I'm Hugh. Um, I'm with the good guys, if there's a version of us that are those. And I'm, I'm whatever you are. I don't think you are anything like me, but I think I understand what you're saying. I think I'd give you a run for your money, but that's okay. <laughs> Everything's personal, right? <laughs> We're all sure. going through it. Where are we going? Well, I figure that we've got um, about two hours to get back to Vegas so that you can get a roof over your head for the night. Because otherwise, you're going to be fighting the Red Rocks. And there are things worse than what you just went through out here. What could be worse than what was in that house? The people that made that house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wherever that isn't. Do you have a home? Go. You're in Vegas? You stay in the casinos? You work in the strip? What's What's the deal? I am new here. I was on the way in, had some car trouble. (laughs) Car trouble. You picked a hell of an Airbnb. It was the first thing I could find. Listen, if this is what happens to you when you're running the maps, maybe it's best if I show you around town. I would appreciate that. (laughs) Okay. We'll stick together. We'll get you somewhere to show down in. I, I, I think I got some old property I could throw you in. It, it's not great. It's got holes in the walls, but there's a cellar you can hide in. And I, I got bags and everything from back when I used to post up there. And you'll live. Do you know how to eat? You, what do you know about what you are? I, enough. I've survived for a while. I, yeah, I'm... 
I know Elise how to to eat and survive. Good, good. You you bag her, or do you drink fresh? I don't know what any of that means. People, or juice boxes. I don't know how to answer that question. <sighs> yeah, I just kind of shake my head a little bit. Oh, God, you're brand new. You are puppy dog new. Okay, uh, we'll get you situated, and I'll, I'll take care of you. You you just gotta... We'll try a few things. You'll tell me what you like, okay? Uh, sometimes it takes a while before you get the palate right, and then when you do eat for the first time, sometimes it does not go the way you intend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like agreeing with him because I don't want to tell him what I actually eat. Um, because I've always been told not to. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of never met like somebody who is, is like you, like right now. Like, why are you being nice? You were in the worst possible place you could be and still looked like you had no idea what you were doing. And I've been there. Um, and you haven't tried to kill me yet, which means it wasn't a lie. Because then you'd be running back to that place right now. So you really did take the wrong turn from Albuquerque. And people like that deserve the way back home okay why were you out there then um when you're part of the good guys sometimes you gotta stop the bad ones that house had a whole lot of bad and somebody was trying something tonight that's it there are these layers to everything we do to everything that we are and those layers are constantly at odds with each other, but there are two of them that will always hate each other. And I'm a part of one, and they're a part of the other, and something was going to happen tonight. And we were there to stop it. So, like, it's like a war or something, right? Is that what you're telling me? You guys are fighting with each other? The issue is, is usually wars have reasons, right? Um, mm. This is more like some kind of fucked up nature. I think some people are born thinking that they have to kill to survive. And others are just trying to survive not being killed. Yeah. More yeah. often than not, yeah. More often than not. You see, we already think like each other. We're, we're golden. Yeah. Okay. Come on, let's uh, let's go get you something to eat. You must be starving. All right. I'll I'll just like hold spoons for the rest of the drive, and just like I'm. Mullen. Yeah. So many things. I've seen things, I've done things, I don't know. <laughs> Up he, from down. 
left to right. <laughs> uh, he turns on this really low, uh, nice, uh, like old funk music that feels really out of character for uh, him, for anyone. But it is so weirdly soothing as he pulls off into the auxiliary street and then drives down these huge switchbacks back into civilization and follows this government off-road back to civilization. And along the way, he keeps looking over to you, Some sometimes so much so that he's trying to make so much eye contact, you get worried for him watching the road before you realize that both of you can't die (laughs) and so he continues on and he starts rambling and he goes there's a few things I gotta teach you about the city there's a few places I don't want you to go a few people I don't want you to talk to okay we're gonna go through it all and I promise if you can stick to those rules avoid those people and don't go to those places we're gonna be just fine I promise and uh, we see that the camera starting to sort of pan back from the sedan there and he pulls into Vegas and uh I think we can leave Niles there unless there's anything else you'd like to do for the day. Now, Niles is like trying to listen to Hugh like babble, but they've kind of put their head up against the glass to kind of feel the cool like glass window and just like eyes, I mean, they don't sleep so, but their eyes are closed and they're just kind of listening, but also just lolling a little bit because they're just dealing. With your eyes closed, there's this flash uh, almost like when you, you visualize Spoons, but instead it is a vision of Spoons himself in flight overhead above the sedan, and you can picture him in this third person gazing up, adoringly up at his form, and in this vision he is flapping instead of two, now four beautiful raven's wings up into the sky uh, and you snap your eyes and, and look out and uh, feel him in your shirt and of course there's only two mm-hmm. but then it ends right there <laughs> there we go Eli thank you for, for sticking fuck. around for all that oh hell yeah no thank you that was yeah. amazing I I realize now that I should have put a serious body horror trigger (laughs) in here somewhere. I hope to God we get that content warning out there because I realize everyone had like open chests and eye stocks and everything. But we'll we'll slap a card or something at the front of this. Yes, for (laughs) sure. Something like that. We will make sure. Everyone, please take care of yourself. Uh, Hug your local Zemisi. Ask them if they're okay. We don't know what Eli is. We don't know what what uh, what Niles is. We're a little bit closer to the truth, but if you think that this is everything, you're so dead wrong. Uh, we're going to learn more about Casimir. We're going to learn more about Lada of the Myers, and we are absolutely going to see more of Hugh as this this battle takes place. My boy. Um, <laughs> Hopefully this gives some context to everything that comes into Niles. I love Niles so much. I'm so glad we got to tell a portion of this. And so, God, I mean, oh, this this great shit, story. Dude, I love it. Yeah, of the runner who is learning to stand their ground and everything. And I'm so excited for what comes next. So good. Thank you awesome. so much. Of course. Uh, thank you, everyone who tuned in to watch this with us. Everyone on Patreon, everyone who's had the chance to see these solo sessions. The next one will be with Zakia, which we're recording. Uh, as of today, I'm recording it tomorrow. 
Um, but this one will be available very soon. You've already watched it. How beautiful. You'll see Zakia next. Eli was absolutely incredible. So thank you so much, Eli, for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you guys are interested, of course, there are other solo sessions. There are more on the way. Eventually, we will have ev uh, everyone have a solo session at least. Um, and then I'm thinking of doing another one for context, but I'm not there yet. So we shall see. Um, but keep that in mind after Zakia, we're going straight to uh Mal, and then after that, we have, of course, the Kingsters for their <laughs> I guess you can't even really call it a solo uh, session, they'll be together for that one. Duo. So, so <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea what's going to happen on that one, but better not to think about it. <laughs> there's no way to be prepared for that one. No, I, I knew with you, I knew with you, I knew what beats we were gonna hit, I knew what was gonna interest you, but for them, it's like. Am That's I telling the, the story? Or am I just like waiting for them, right? <laughs> exactly. And that is the joy of learning to DM for for, for both Amanda and, and Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. And then put them together. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Good luck. Yeah. Godspeed. Uh, but, but thank you again <laughs> to all fun. of our patrons. A uh, uh, huge thank you to everyone who has been watching Vegas by Night. If you're wondering where you can catch Vegas by Night, I'm sure you already know. But bi-weekly, Saturday at 10 in the morning on our Twitch uh, all of our VOD, our YouTube, our Spotify, all of those are uh, updated weekly after that Saturday session with the new recordings. So thank you all again. I hope you all have a good night. Thank you, Eli, again. This was awesome, too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>